0: The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. This is a PayOn Media production. <laughs> hey, bro, let's get into this thing. It's Damasi and Michael, just talking tech. Next time, I am going to try to do a Zoom live call so i can stream that to facebook but i broke my new toy that literally came in today and by the time i got it fixed i'm like i'm not gonna mess around with audio and zoom and stuff like that so wait so
1: did you actually break it or oh i broke it you or you unscrewed stuff and it came apart
0: okay i guess that's more appropriate i unscrewed stuff and it came apart so Damasi, what did you let's talk about what we got what we got the same thing of, and then we'll talk about the other equipment that we've acquired over the last couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> so we both got a bill from the IRS now.
0: <laughs> Not yet.
1: <laughs> Mike decided he was going to pay it. I told him I'm going on the run. So I'm currently recording right now from Canada. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so we both purchased the road. PSA-1 scissor boom arm for microphones. That's not the exact name, but link will be in the show notes at youronpay.com slash DM95 uh, to this exact boom arm that we purchased. This is a, we actually got the PSA-1 Plus, mm, yeah, which is the newer version of the longtime favorite amongst broadcasters and podcasters. Uh, are podcasters technically broadcasters too well we're broadcasting right now well we're broadcasting so i guess we're broadcasters but not all podcasters are broadcasters but all broadcasters could be podcasters (laughs) (laughs) uh but we just basically bought new boom arms um Mike, so I I sort of bullied Mike. I'm gonna be honest. I kind of bullied Mike into buying it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't make him, but I, I I very strongly kept saying, Mike, you really are gonna like this boom arm. Man, this boom arm is amazing, uh, and it really is. Like it is. It's it's not the cheapest thing in the world, but you know, it's not also not the most expensive boom arm that I have seen either. Um, uh, but I like it. The major thing for me about this particular boom arm is the fact that it is longer than the one that i was using so right now i am sitting back in an extremely comfortable position uh recording and i'm still on mic i'm not in not gonna have any neck pain or anything weird like that but i'll get to lean back in my chair and if i had enough room under this desk i could put my feet up uh but i don't have anything to put my feet up on so uh, but it's much longer than the boom arm that I originally was using. Uh, and another major feature for me, at least. So the style of arm that this is, is that it comes with a clamp. Uh, it's the same type that I had previously. It clamps onto the surface, so your desk, your table, etc. cetera. Uh, this particular boom arm, the Road, has a much wider clamping mechanism than did my previous one. So it easily clamped onto my desk in a way that wasn't Scary to me because I used to routinely go adjust my old boom arm Hmm. uh, on the back of the desk because it always looked like it was going to possibly slip off. Uh, Not a concern here with this one. Uh, They do have some nice padding. That's one of the enhancements to the plus uh, version of this arm versus just the original PSA one. Uh, they do have some padding on both top and bottom of the clamp area so that it doesn't damage the the, the surface that you're clamping it to, which is good. Yep. Uh, and finally, my stand, and I, I, I am certain that I know that there are other stands like this because I've seen them. Uh, the original boom arm that I was using, I used it for four or five years. Actually, I used it for like seven years because I bought one, broke it uh, three years in and then bought the exact same one again uh that boom arm stuck into the clamp so the clamp clamps onto your desk or table or whatever and then you insert the boom arm itself like the whole two pieces that that you know move that that move around into the clamp into a little hole my old boom arms uh mounting point for the for the actual boom arm on the clamp was on the back edge of the clamp so it Technically, my boom arm itself was kind of mounted where it was hanging off the back edge of the yep. desk. So it was very back heavy, which is the reason I kept thinking, like, I would always adjust it. Because I was like, I really don't need this to fall off at any given time. Because one, <laughs> it'll probably break my microphone. Uh, and two, depending on where it falls, it could break something else. So uh, this particular, the Rode Pod. Uh, nope. <laughs> the Rode, <laughs> That's something else. Yeah, that's something. Um, uh, the Rode Pod. PSA one in uh, the PSA one plus the boom arm mounts in a holder that is actually sitting on the surface of the uh desk so it's, it's mounted more forward uh which does help with the link too because it's not tremendously longer than the old arm i had it's just one that positioning helps and it is a little bit longer so that makes me feel more comfortable plus the clamp looks way more robust mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. like i don't i, I this is not going to slide off my desk like if this comes off is because somebody intentionally loosened it for it to come off uh whereas the other one you know a little too pushing back and forth on that arm when i was moving the microphone out of the way could have just knocked it off the back of the desk yeah i think mike you did have that happen to you one day right
0: i believe i did if i remember right
1: uh other things about this arm it does not have a built-in xlr cable which i did not want anyway uh because why not you know? Damasi? well there are several reasons for me personally uh the length of that that so, some boom arms that I have looked at over the years have integrated XLR cables and they're not removable, or you basically have to ah, disassemble yeah. the entire arm in order to remove it. One arm, a guy was like, Well, you could change this cable, but you will have to, you know, rip off the end of the XLR cable, run it through the system, and then solder it back together. I was like, Well, that's <laughs> certainly not doing any of that stuff. Right. Now, some of them do have ways for you to just easily kind of, you know, pop open the, 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 external area and remove and replace the cable but i don't want to integrate a cable for several reasons uh number one most likely in the price range that i was looking to spend for a boom arm it wasn't going to be removable or, or, or easily changeable Two, the length of the cable is not necessarily going to meet my requirements uh because right now where my board is positioned i can almost guarantee you in six months it is not going to be sitting right here Uh, Which means I'm going to need the same 10 foot cable that I'm currently using now because I may want to move my and I move my arm like very strange ways like uh, last night I had a presentation to do on zoom so I was on camera I was using my clip on uh, lapel microphone. I didn't want the boom arm to show up in the video at all because I wasn't using it so I shoved it kind of like all the way off to the back of the desk and with an integrated cable like it probably wouldn't have been that maneuverable right. Uh, And I I like the ability to, you know, switch out my cables. Also, you know, if for some reason your cable gets crimped or something and it's not replaceable, um, you have a problem right now. You just have a a, a boom arm with a cable sticking out of it (laughs) uh, that doesn't work. And it may or may not. And again, I don't have one of these. I've never had one of these. But I also feel like depending on the microphone that I'm actually trying to mount, uh, that cable may or may not kind of impede that whole process uh and we'll talk about a couple of the microphones that we've tested i can for sure see where one of the microphones i tested out recently probably would have created some issues with a with a fixed cable that was you know not very uh movable
0: right uh
1: this boom arm does have cloth wrapped around the outside it is super quiet so uh hold on i want to move it a little bit see if people can how
0: quiet it actually is no, yep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty and it moves smoothly very smoothly like a little too smooth i'm afraid i'm gonna walk reach up and go whack now i'm I'm glad that you did say hold on i'm gonna move it because i actually did whack it and, yeah so uh i'm glad you did say that there's fabric on it because when i first got this and pulled it out of the box i almost thought you that it was like those, off. what
1: you almost ripped the fabric off
0: yeah because i thought it was like that styrofoam (laughs) that thin not it's not styrofoam but you know what it is Yeah, i I know what you're talking about sometimes
1: like things like this especially metal things will come wrapped in like this lightweight foamy material that just kind of wraps around it for cushioning so it's not rattling during transit Yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah i almost ripped it off and then i remembered oh demasi said there's fabric on it
1: Yep, so it does have fabric wrapped around the the metal part. So, uh, and then it, like I said, it's very quiet, very articulated, so I can move it. I actually have mine in a very weird. So, Mike, this might make more sense to you now than it did when I tried to explain it to you the other day. So, for those listening who have not seen one of these types of uh, microphone boom arms before, this, like I said, mounts on in, into a clamp on your desk.
0: Or you uh, can drill and, a hole through your desk, too
1: yeah you could do that too but nobody's gonna really do that you would need a pretty <laughs> big drill bit too yeah you uh, would i do not actually have one that big we so have I one but i not drill that hole yeah oh no you know what you would I, I could i do actually have something big enough where i could run that through it's a hole cutter door it's not an yeah. actual just regular yeah. drill bit uh so it's a it's a hole cutter yeah i used to cut a hole in the floor actually anyway i actually used to cut a hole in this desk too because i, I needed to route my cables through it uh but anyway, this boom arm is, if you think about it, like, like your arm, right? Like it has an elbow. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, and if you were to hold your arm uh, straight up in the air on the side of your head and then bend your elbow, you know, if you're holding your right arm, up, bend your elbow to the left so that it's, you know, kind of your fist is over your head. Like that's how these boom arms are are made. Right. So that's how my arm looks. That's how Mike's arm looks. Uh what I have done right now, in order for me to be in the comfortable position I'm in, and I actually absolutely 100% love it. Like, <laughs> I, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, I have extended the arm. So I push the back part of the arm you know, as, as level as it could go almost flat to the desk. I still have, you know, quite a bit of room up under it, but, uh, it's as flat as it can go. And then I actually have the front part where the microphone is mounted at bent slightly back. So your elbow cannot bend that way, but this, this can so that the microphone is sort of coming up from across the desk and then coming mm-hmm. up to my face versus the, it's up in the air and I'm pulling it down toward my face. Right. Uh, which means I don't have to worry about really getting off the mic unless I move my head, which I, you know, tend not to do all that much of when I'm talking. Uh, very comfortable. I am going to uh, probably do at least a test Zoom or, or Google Meet uh, with somebody that can see me uh, and see how this looks visually, because this could be a very comfortable way to use the same microphone Um while on video. Uh, I did not do that last night because it probably will, would, may have looked weirder than I think it looks. Right,
0: right. Uh, yeah, it would be so. good to get an opinion of someone else on Zoom or another tool. Uh, so tell people what you don't like about it, and then I'll tell you how I broke it.
1: <laughs>
0: and, and 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 if you're listening, you want to hear this because I had my microphone for less than two hours when I broke it, kind of, sort of broke it.
1: Uh, I wonder if you did what I did.
0: Probably. Uh.
1: So the only thing I don't actually like about this arm at the moment uh, is the fact that road has their name written and huge. So the fabric around it is black. Uh, I'm I'm assuming this is the case for all of them. But the fabric around mine is black Uh, and up towards the end of it where you're going to put your microphone, you're going to mount the microphone clamp at they have road written in in some rather large like they're large enough that i can actually feel and trace the letters uh in some kind of uh you know uh i don't know what what kind of material that vinyl letters or something like that but i can actually trace the letters they're huge uh and they're bright white they're like a luminescent white they're not (laughs) even just like a flat white it's like that luminescent white uh color uh, and I don't like that. Like, I really do not like that. And the reason I don't is because this boom arm costs 129 bucks, right? And I'm not bitching about the price. I actually am very happy. It's one of the few things I've spent, you know, more mm-hmm. than 100 bucks on recently where I'm, I'm not really even concerned about it. Like, I'm not regretting there there's no buyers remorse on my part right. for this particular boom arm uh this microphone I don't know but the boom arm <laughs> I'm absolutely 100% happy with but I don't feel like I should be spending a significant amount of money on anything and have your branding crap all over it uh yes I know You know, my laptop has or my iPhone because I don't have a laptop. My iPhone has an Apple logo on the back of it. Yeah, it does. You know, that's fine. That's a small, subtle thing. If there was a small, subtle road. uh logo up here
0: or even cool. road in little letters that aren't in very standout, small letters, white right? letters
1: but this is huge right like if i was using this on a live stream i would be super if i made my money live streaming on video i would be pissed because i'm not broadcasting i'm not promoting or advertising for road uh because they didn't give me nothing i bought it i think i just cursed too i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh I also solved that problem because, you know, that's a minor thing. I'm probably not going to be on video all that much with this anyway, but I just covered it up with some uh, gorilla tape. There you go. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> covered it up with black gorilla tape. So you probably won't notice it. If anybody does notice the tape, it'll just be like, I wonder what he covered up. Uh, and if <laughs> you listen to the show, up you'll up. know. You're like, oh, that's where he covered yes. up that road.
0: Yep. Yep. So now so you Mike, know the secret. How did you. <laughs> break
1: (laughs) your arm i'm I'm gonna take a guess though i'm I'm gonna gonna take a guess guess because it it, is rather difficult seeming to me to really like break this so what i'm betting you did is you unscrewed the um you know screws with these little knobs on the side of the the end of it and you unscrewed too far, and they came apart. And you probably didn't stop or or the rest, like the middle piece that actually holds the microphone, yep. uh, fell out. Yep,
0: that's exactly what happened. And that was a pain in the ass to put back in there. You did that? Yep. Uh, I
1: didn't get quite. It too came cool all the way out, them.
0: all the way out. Both the washers on one, each washer on each side fell out. I had to find those real quick, and the little uh, round thing. It's not round. The weird shaped thing that you put the. Yep. Uh, holder for the boom arm in or for the shock mount in uh, that yeah. came out everything came out and that closes pretty tight
1: yeah so i didn't quite get to the point of the whole middle section coming out i did have the one screw come off the side because i screwed too far yeah but i had previously done the exact same thing with the old boom arm because i twisted this little screw out too far and like the whole assembly just fell out uh-huh. and i was like oh i remembered how difficult it was to get that back in there so <laughs> as soon as i felt the screw i screwed too far unscrewed loosened up too too much and, and it came loose i was like oh oh nope i clamped my hand on the other side of it so the rest of wouldn't come out i was like no man i don't want to do it so
0: so just so you know even if you pull the screw all the way out the little thing in the middle well it's not really that little but the thing in the middle doesn't just drop out it 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 does have some give, but if you move that thing around, then the washers will slide out, and then and then it comes it, out. the 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 arm kind of clamps together like you closing a fist together uh, because oh. it's it's so tight there. And then I had a problem with lining up the washer hole with the hole on the little thing in the middle, and on the outside hole so that way i could get the screw to go through and then it took me a little bit longer to realize that i couldn't put the screw in and then put the shock mount uh holder back in because you have to pull that screw out a little bit to get the shock mount holder to go in because the screw sits on that little ridge inside of that bar that comes down Mm -hmm. that you screw your shock mount onto Mm -hmm. so yeah it was a learning experience
1: yeah. The old boom arm is not, doesn't have that many moving pieces. Cause basically the way it worked is like there, there was no washer. Uh, there's a screw. You unscrew it too far. You can pull it out. Uh, the little piece that, that you actually screwed your, your mount or shot, you know, your, your microphone clip or shock mount onto, uh, just sits there and it's kind of held in between two thin pieces of metal so it was not as difficult to put back together but it still was difficult you had washers and all of that and a little bar piece to slide back in as well as dealing with the fact that yeah because that that old boom arm did the same thing like as soon as you took something out of it i didn't realize that it was actually being held open by that Mm -hmm. that uh, piece until it came out and it's like oh it just kind of closed. So, <laughs> that's why I assumed what you probably had done because I did unscrew too far when I was adjusting. Yeah, uh, one time I was like oh no 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 no, no, no.
0: <laughs> nope. been here done that don't want to do it again. So <laughs> nope. so the don't reason I did that, Demasi didn't really explain this, and I'm gonna tell you my two favorite features, and then we'll stop talking about a boom arm. I promise this whole episode isn't about a boom arm, but it's it's nice. It's late Christmas. Mallory's it's question really nice. is why did you buy a new boom arm? The one you have worked just fine and i said the reason i bought this boom arm is because i wanted to stand up and be able to talk on my microphone without buying that, is, standing. Nice.
1: that, that is, is nice that is nice i can do that yeah. too. yeah that that is super nice yeah the length of this the stitching ability like the, the ability to do that because i did test that too i was like i need to just get me something like a little shelf thingy or something i can just drop on my desk and put the keyboard on and i can stand up and work or i can stand up and record the show
0: and see, I am standing now, but you can only tell because I wasn't directly on the microphone. And it's nice because I can just stand here, do the podcast, get pictures of me standing here, and then probably get yelled at by Mallory. Why are you standing? Oh. <laughs> so what I was trying to I bought you a standing desk on Amazon. Right? <laughs> I'm wait- I'm still waiting for that. Still waiting. Just saying. Anyways. So I wanted to use the clips on the back. Tomasi didn't explain it, but I don't think he did. But there are clips on the back that you can run your um, XLR, XLR cable. Yep. Yeah. And they are thin. They are small, but Demasi, you just, you have to use some force. Oh, well, I'm hoping that's what you have to do.
1: Uh, no, <laughs> no, it, it worked. I, okay. I realized that after I told you, it looks like you really need one of those thin XLR cables for this, like yeah. I did. I, I was thinking, so I like, these,
0: these XLR cables feel standard to me. They got to fit in here. I'm just going to force this shit. And so I got it in there. The problem with it, though, is the XLR cable, uh, I don't like the fact that it kind of goes back and then. Down the the arm a little bit on the right hand side for me, and then into the microphone, uh, and that's because the clip. Uh, so I thought, hey, why don't I, why don't I be smart, and I will. Uh, uh, untwist this thing. This is the whole reason why I untwisted the end of the boom arm because I thought maybe the XLR connector would fit through that little hole that's between the end uh, of the bar and the XLR or er, and the holder. It does not because of the end. <laughs> now, if I would have been thinking when I broke the well, when I temporarily disabled the when, boom arm, when you disassembled I it I would have ran just the cable the wire through, through it. Yeah. 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 But now that I'm thinking about it, it really doesn't matter because either way, it's going to back down to that microphone so i'm not hugely worried about it i could just take off the top clip and then just let it hang but it has helped me with managing my cables a little bit and well you know it's 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 holding the microphone well and i'm done by it it
1: it is yeah it's very sturdy um i do like that it's not droopy at all very quiet movement because the other one i had was all metal with springs and so anytime you move it it would just make all this noise like
0: And there's no springs, and I think that's what I really like is no springs.
1: No springs, or well, if there are springs, they are very, very quiet. Yeah.
0: Had you ripped the fabric off, you would be able to tell <laughs> <laughs> there were springs. So I went ahead and sat back down, and you probably didn't hear the microphone move.
1: Nope, I didn't. So,
0: so Demasi, we also bought some other stuff. Right. Uh.
1: What are you talking about, Mike? I did buy anything.
0: <laughs> hey, I already told people what I bought. So for uh, those, last, those people who listened last time, I got a Shure SM7. No, I did not tell you about that one. I got a Shure no, Beta no. 87A, and I got a Cloudlifter. Well, the next day after recording that, I learned you can't use a Cloudlifter with a condenser microphone. So I went ahead and uh, picked up another microphone at that point called the Shure beta No, called the Shure oh, SM7 the sure SM7B yep, yep. SM7B and I was not happy with that microphone. Um, I just didn't like how heavy it was. Although now I wonder if I would have had this boom arm if I would have liked it a little more probably not because the sound was just it wasn't double the price in my opinion worth the sound. And then, uh, so I returned that and I have also returned the Cloudlifter and I have decided to stick with the Shure Beta 87A because in my opinion and other people's opinions, it's got the best quality for the audio so far. So if the audio sounds a little different to you, you can thank the Shure Beta 87A, which came in at 207. It is on sale until the end of May At most retailers, I've noticed. And, yeah, so I tried that. And then somehow FedEx ended up at Demasi's house.
1: A couple of times. (laughs) So when I originally purchased this boom arm, I also picked up the Rode
0: pod mic. Um, Was there any advertisement on that mic? No. Oh, Okay.
1: No, I don't even think they had, like, Rode engraved on it anywhere. Uh, No, But the Rode Pod mic, which is a $100 XLR mic, uh, I do believe, I'm not 100% certain about this, I do believe that there is a USB version of that mic or or very close to that mic, but I I picked up the Rode Pod mic uh, XLR, mostly because I wanted to test it uh, to see what it sounded like. I wasn't really thinking that I would want to keep it necessarily, uh, but I did pick it up. It is a circular. So I I described it to Mike this way. It's a a capsule, what they call a capsule style microphone, which means the microphone itself is completely round from from, you know, front to back or top to bottom, depending on how you're holding it. Uh, And it looks to me like it may have been like a third again a quarter to a third again taller than like an average can of corn uh a little bit smaller in diameter than a can of corn uh it's how this microphone and it was very very heavy like it was very dense i think it was about two pounds maybe it may have not been quite that much but it was very heavy no it wasn't two pounds it was almost yeah it was right around two pounds because it was like 900 and something grams i don't remember the exact number or i would do the conversion but very heavy dense microphone uh it came with a clip attached to it for mounting so it was screwed into like the, the base of the microphone on the side and then you would you could swivel the microphone kind of through a short arc uh inside of a u-shaped thing so i twisted that onto the boom arm uh, and i initially tested this on my old boom arm because i hadn't taken the road boom arm out yet because i was like i don't i don't know if i should have bought that boom arm i don't, I don't know uh, but I mounted this microphone, checked it out, did some tests. Uh, sounds pretty decent. It did not really, to me, sound better than my Audio Technica AT two thousand five. Like I would say, they were very close. Uh, so, but so did I send it back because you know, hundred bucks is a hundred bucks. And if I were buying a brand new microphone, like if I was going from a USB only microphone to an XLR, I would have kept it. But uh, comparing it to the AT two thousand five or uh, for anyone looking for this microphone today, most likely the Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred X, or uh, the one that Michael has, the Samsung Q two U. Uh, either those three microphones: the the Audio Technica, the Samsung, and the Rode PodMic. Sound wise, to me, sound very close together. Uh, So I didn't need a new replacement for my ATR that was going to be or my AT that was going to be the same thing. Uh, But it's still all in all a nice microphone. So if you're looking to upgrade your mic from what you may currently be using, like a Blue Yeti or any other just standard USB mic and you want to go to XLR for a hundred bucks, it is a really, really good mic. It has very good reviews across what I've been able to see, just looking around at it as well. So I sent that back. And I was like, man, I should just buy another Beta Beta 87A because that is my favorite microphone that I've used out of all the mics I've tried uh, over the years since I started actually using semi-professional audio gear. Uh, the Sure Beta 87A has been my favorite microphone. But I said, well, I don't want to be just like Mike and go buy the exact same mic like he had, <laughs> even though I had it first. But I didn't want to, wow, man, now we're just here, the Beta 87A boys. Like, yeah, that's what we're doing.
0: That could have been uh, the name of the new podcast.
1: <laughs> no <sure would> have <laughs> to give me some money for that man but i know the characteristics of the beta 87a and what i decided to do uh i said i'm gonna search for a super cardioid pickup pattern in a dynamic microphone because i've ne- i've seen them uh and i hadn't um Hadn't seen one that was kind of down in the price range of the sure beta eighty seven A though. Uh the beta eighty seven A itself is a condenser mic. Uh, I was looking very, very hard and I almost pulled a trigger on a Electro Voice RE320. The only thing that sort of stopped me from making that purchase initially is I would have also had to spend like another hundred bucks for its shock mount. And mm-hmm. From everything that i have personally experienced with that microphone you need that shock mount Uh, some people may say you don't and depending on the studio environment that you may find that microphone in maybe you don't in my environment i absolutely feel like i would need that shock mount so i didn't get it and i kept looking around i stumbled across a microphone from the same company that makes the re320 and the re20 electro voice it's the electro voice ND-96. That ND stands for like neurodynamic or something like that. It's something about the coil they use, the metal they use or something inside of it. Anyway, that's not a board. So the Electro-Voice nd96 is a handheld super cardioid dynamic microphone so it has the same pickup pattern as the sure beta 87a and some higher end uh handheld condensers as well as a few higher end uh, dynamics that i've seen and that hypercardi that super cardioid uh pickup pattern is me. it is extremely tight in the the uh addressable area of the microphone so for example if i do this like, you can still hear me talking. You probably may even be able to make out what I'm saying. But it's but a lot quieter. Not nearly as good as when I'm sitting right here. Uh, or if I were to do this, you can probably tell that I'm talking, but you don't hear anything about it. You don't understand anything I'm saying. Uh, so very tight pickup pattern, which means it's very, very good at rejecting noise from the sides. Um, now I'm curious how Alphonic's
0: going to treat that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man i'm sorry <laughs> i didn't think about that oh, so if you really hear him crystal clear which
0: i don't think you will i think you'll be able to tell a difference if you hear him crystal clear though or you can't tell the difference this is why you should be live with us when we record
1: yeah absolutely because i didn't think about it is really gonna try to yank up that piece of audio oh man so uh same pickup pattern that's a sure baby is 87a uh but it's a dynamic microphone. So I was like, huh, interesting. And it was only 200 bucks. So I was like, interesting. Let me try this out. Uh, so that is the microphone that I am currently using right now, the Electro Voice ND96 uh, XLR microphone.
0: Now, is it phantom power?
1: Nope, it uh, is not because it's a dynamic microphone. Okay, so it doesn't okay. need phantom power. Uh, yeah, this one does. Uh, the condenser needs phantom power. Uh, which means I could have used Mike's cloud lifter with this microphone uh, had I had a cloud lifter, but I did not.
0: Or had Mike's <laughs> been nice and just sent it to Demasi and let him keep it and been like, here you go, Demasi, have a cloud lifter for free. <laughs>
1: uh but i like it it it, it, you know for your reference and everybody else's like if you've seen any handheld microphone like it looks like a handheld microphone it's nothing spectacular about the shape of it it has a handle and has a mic head on the end it is flat uh mic just like the uh sure beta uh the sure beta mic uh but other than that just a nice solidly built handheld mic Uh, And I like it so far like I I have not discovered any characteristic of it that is going to make me put it back in the box just yet So it'll probably be my microphone for a few for some years,
0: right? When we Uh, pick a microphone out we pick a microphone out to last with us that that sure that uh Q2U lasted me multiple years. I think I got it 2017, 2018, and it was going back and forth with me to the radio station and getting thrown in a bag and thrown around and knocked about. The USB uh, interface had gone out in it, but it was working just fine with XLR. And so when we get microphones, they last.
1: Which means you probably won't hear anything about any more microphone reviews from us for a long time. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Although I'm looking at some wireless microphones, so we'll see.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I would go for one of the wireless sets that has like the either the, the lapel mic or like the... the kind of loops behind your ear microphone i thought deal. about
0: that but I also, so you don't
1: have to hold anything in your hand. right
0: but what if we're doing multiple people do i want to spend the money for multiple of those headsets or would it oh, be we'll better see, to get a multiple, hand microphone yeah,
1: now if there's multiple people then yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're buying it for an environment where you need to be able to hand a mic off to people then absolutely i would go for a handheld yeah, uh, yeah.
0: That, that's system. what i'm thinking it's a handheld with a xlr receiver or a quarter inch receiver so i can run it into the board and then uh route that audio from the board through Windows or Mac OS in order to get it to where I want it. And Demasi, there's been an update to a tool that would allow me to route my audio a lot more creative ways. So you found a article from audio Hi- from Rogamira about uh, audio hijacking, using it with voiceover. What do you want to chat about on that?
1: So we talked about audio hijack four when it uh, initially initially released um, and some of the you know minor changes they've made to it, nothing nothing catastrophic. Uh, they have updated their Using Audio Hijack with voiceover uh, article. So this article previously existed for Audio Hijack 3. I don't think I ever mentioned it to anybody. I don't think I actually <laughs> read it uh, myself, to be honest, because I kind of figured out how it worked. But they've updated it for Audio Hijack 4. Uh, which is good. I saw it in the release notes for the the latest version. Uh, they they kind of highlighted that, which is good again because they're paying attention to accessibility and they're focused. They're they're so focused on it and so attentive about it that they actually put a link to the the new updated article in their release notes, uh, which I found nice. So I read through it a little bit because I wanted to understand how I, as a voiceover user, could make use of the manual connections. Uh, An audio hijack for which is a new feature in four where you can instead of just you know you move a block uh you, you move move a block and audio hijack and then you move another block and as long as they're close enough to each other uh proximity wise you can get them to snap together which sometimes leads to some weird contortions to get the <laughs> kind of connections that you want to happen So I wanted to try out this manual mode because it allows you to manually say, hey, it it essentially is virtually plugging. Hey, plug this input block into that block. Right. I don't care what's in between them. I want you to go around that and plug into that. Right. That's what I wanted to do. And that allowed me to. uh, So the document explains how to do it. Uh, which a little somewhat was non-intuitive to me. But once I read it, I was like, oh, okay." they've kind of switched up things. Essentially, if you're if you have been and this is a tip for anyone that hears this that has been a Audio Hijack 3 user, especially uh, for a long time before 4 came out in Audio Hijack 3. You would end up with weird focus issues if you used VoiceOver plus arrow keys to navigate the uh, audio grid. So, you know, it, it was determined by me and several other people that use this that you know just use your arrow keys to navigate up, down, left, and right to to go between blocks, and you'll be you'll you'll have a much more consistent navigational experience. Well, in Audio Hijack Four, apparently, either somebody complained about it or they you know just f- discovered that you know navigating using the vo arrow keys and, and up down left right arrow keys in the audio grid was weird hmm. uh or they accidentally you know fixed it uh, i'm assuming that this was probably more of a purposeful fix and who knows i could have fixed it in three i've just been used to just using the, right. the arrows without voiceover uh modifier at all uh but in the Manual editing mode, Uh, once you're in manual editing mode, you're going to have to use the voiceover modifier keys with the arrows to move around between the blocks. And as you're doing that, once you have entered manual editing mode, you can see the little plugs on each end of the thing. So let's say, for example, with with just a very simple audio chain, let's say I want to grab audio from Zoom and I want that to go through a. Uh, volume block to boost the audio and then go into a recording block at the end right so one two three very simple chain well in manual editing mode i could go to the application block that is capturing audio from zoom and i would see a zoom out uh like the zoom uh connection as a as a element on the screen that i can now do things with uh and then i would see a Input for volume block and output for volume block and input for recorder block, right? And then output for recorder block. There's no input for the application block for Zoom because you can't input audio. Zoom is the input. Yeah. Well, you can't input anything into an application block. Yeah, a device, like a, a device recorder, like grabbing audio from a device or application, there is no input for that. It'll only be output, so I have application output like that. Let's say I determine, like, oh, the volume is way too loud. Instead of me just deleting this block, I can manually connect uh, the Zoom application block to the recorder block and just route around that volume block. Which is cool because what I've actually done here for our session that we're using, uh, this is actually why people are hearing this stream and it's not driving me crazy. Some of it is why they're hearing it. Some of it is just because I screwed up my virtual (laughs) devices last time. Uh, but we want to talk about my mistakes here. We're talking about Audio Hijack 4 and manual editing mode. Here's the thing. Sometimes, like I said, you have to do some weird maneuvering to try to get the connections that you will want in Audio Hijack and make sure that this block is connected to that block, but not to this block, especially with something like the uh, live stream session that I have for D- this session is called DM live. Just to remind people from my initial explanation of this, I have A block that is grabbing audio from my microphone and recording that directly into a recorder. So that's serving as my backup recording. Um, And then I also have a, a application block that is grabbing audio from Chrome that is serving as a backup to the backup for Michael's recording. Just in case, you know, we lose. Clean feeds audio and Mike forgot to start Reaper, which he, he doesn't do nearly as much as we both used to uh-huh. forget to start. Yeah, back But up I, do. But, I he, do. but he does occasionally. So it just makes me or, feel better. Or, know, or hey, better yet. Yeah, I'll
0: open Reaper, get everything set up and forget to hit R.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is what happened. Uh, so. I am recording Michael's audio as a backup to the backup. You know, if things really go upside down, sideways or something like that, I have Mike's audio. So if I have to, you know, whip together a show because, you know, I don't know, some some tragedy has been taken you know, Michael's area of the company, you know, knock on wood that that doesn't happen. I, I have a backup. Uh, so all that being said, we also want you to hear us uh, in in Clubhouse. So sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes we want so you to hear I also, music. Yeah, so I have a music block in here so that I can play music into uh, Club Deck while me and Michael are behind the scenes getting stuff together and getting water and all of that sort of stuff or breaking microphone stands. That, that's also a thing. So with the regular automatic connection mode like i do have blocks in very weird layouts that make it somewhat difficult to navigate through them if i need to adjust a specific block because i had to make sure that i line things up in such a way that the right things would snap together as they were supposed to well now with the manual editing mode i went in and edited this, edited this session and i now have michael's block has two connections to it um, one is going into the recorder one is going into the mixer uh, block same for my audio block. Uh, that's capturing my microphone. One's going to the recorder, one's going into well actually mine is going into a booster block first, and then going into uh then that booster block is connected to the mixer. Uh the m- music block is connected to just the switch block. Uh, as the mixer block is connected to the switch block. When the switch is off, you guys hear music. When the switch is on, you guys hear us. Uh and that switch block is connected to a virtual it was connected to an output and the output is set to a virtual loop back pass through device called Club Deck. And that is the input for Club Deck. Now, I could have accomplished what I accomplished with this session in automatic mode, but it would have been extremely difficult
0: and things and would have been all over the place
1: all over the place so what i was actually doing before i was able to do manual connection mode i read how to do it is i just had my audio flowing into the recorder then the recorder outputting its audio into the the booster block and then that flowing into the mixer uh same for mike mike would go into the recording his recording block audio would go out of that into the mixer block right uh and then everything fed into the switch well now i can make sure that michael has a one one-to-one connection everywhere i wanted to go so like i told mike is literally like plugging in some actual cables like oh i want to record you so i'm going to connect you here but i also want to stream you out out of that channel it would probably look super weird the way i have it set up if you actually <laughs> have physical cables uh but it does allow for a lot more flexible uh sessions that you can build in audio hijack so i was extremely pleased with how it worked um We'll link to the document, to the to the guide uh, for using audio hijack with voiceover uh, at your dot com slash DM ninety five. You'll be able to check that out uh, for sure. A lot of good information in there. Generally, like if you're somewhat new to using audio hijack with voiceover, but you're comfortable using voiceover, just new to audio hijack. Uh, a lot of good information. They're very well well written
0: article. And I haven't read it yet but I imagine it's also good if you're just interested in how does routing audio work in general?
1: Mm, Not so Uh, much. Uh, I mean there may be some information on like the flow chain like I think they do kind of explain that. Like I skipped around it a little bit. I didn't read the whole thing from top to bottom. But it's not going to like you know you're not going to read that and be like oh Oh, now now I I understand understand why I need a mixer. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: You will understand a little bit more about how audio flows and audio hijack because it goes from left to right so it's like oh I put this block here and then connect that to that and that means what what happens in this block is now going to go to that block like it does explain that for but it's not going to you know give you a they're going to walk away and be like, man, I can take over the world, right? You have to have some understanding of what it is you want to do. Like, they don't go blow by blow. But they do explain how to use some of the blocks that are a little different than the than the regular ones, as well as they explain some of the um, interface changes and how they've, you know, set up nat- navigation and keyboard shortcuts and stuff to make things a lot easier for voiceover users and Audio Hijack 4. So, all in all, very well put together article.
0: Good, good. So you can check it out at your com slash DM95. So this is your new audio hijack session. You can pretty much stream audio anywhere with the new boom arm that you have and the new microphone. Uh, do you feel like you're set for audio and video content to start producing some awesome stuff? And and are we going to start seeing some new content coming out of just Demasi?
1: Probably so. There, there I do want to actually do a uh video walkthrough of what i probably somewhat terribly explained about uh audio hijack sessions because once i figured this out i'm like i can explain it to somebody but if you're not as comfortable and even me reading it uh helped me understand how to maneuver through this but actually doing it i was like oh this is amazing uh so, yeah, you're probably going to see some more content coming out of I me. Mean, I do have a good setup for my camera. I am using a an iPhone SE, the original iPhone SE. So the one that looks like the iPhone 5 uh, or 5S uh, is what I'm using as my webcam now. And it is permanently connected. And if I don't want the camera to be available, I just lock the phone screen. There you go. Uh, there's an article. I'll drop a drop a link into it. Uh in the show notes where uh, I basically and and the guy walks you through it a lot better than I can and I don't have to take time doing it right now but essentially I just set up the phone to be in kiosk mode so when when I open that phone I just press the home button it opens up right into the camo app uh, and then now I have a camera, and if I don't want to use the camera, I just lock the phone, and it's just like, you know, as he puts in his article, which I didn't think about it until he said it is, you know, it's just like people who have like those little camera, you know, webcam covers that they, <laughs> they cover up the lens where they want to make sure for you sure, for sure, phone. that this camera is not uh, capturing anything. I just locked the yeah. phone. Yeah, it's nice, uh, but I have that permanently mounted because I had the SC land around. I wasn't doing anything with it at all, and I was like, well, I can be more certain that when I do video calls with people in Zoom or Google Meet that my visual looks good if I'm not constantly putting the phone up there, putting my, my, my phone, my iPhone 13 mini up there when I need to use it for a camera and then taking it down and putting it back up and taking it down. It's like, okay, just stick that phone up there because it's going to be better than most cameras that I would be right. willing to spend money on anyway.
0: And, and it works. It works and it's reliable. It works.
1: It is reliable. So- And Camo is awesome. So, you know, if you need a webcam you got an old iPhone or even an Android phone, it does work on Android also.
0: Didn't Um, you use it from the Pixel?
1: I tried. I have used it from the Pixel before. Uh, I've been actually trying to use the Pixel more. I would have threw it up there because it does have a better camera than this SE. But I'm like, I'm actually kind of using my Pixel for different stuff. Different
0: stuff. You mean uh, for Lookout? Uh,
1: (laughs) primarily it is a lookout device (laughs) yeah Uh, but I I do you know occasionally browse the web on it a little bit and and, and check out stuff since since the beta of uh, Android 13 has been out I've been trying to at least move around on it a little bit more Um, and I occasionally answer business calls on it because I do still have ground wire set up
0: on it so uh, that happens So is that all you want to talk about for audio hijack?
1: Yeah, that's it. We'll probably do a either a live stream into Clubhouse, most likely, or something uh, at some point, just to kind of take people through that that interface and build a session. I might even take some
0: recommendations. There we go. And and share uh, audio uh, so that way people can build. hear voiceover, and then you instruct someone. It could be a fun event.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but. Whenever that happens, if you really want to know when it's going to happen, you should probably go over to com slash DM95 and opt into the mailing list because right. I'll have Mike post it out to the mailing list where we're planning on doing it. I mean, you could, you know, check to see if it's going to be in Clubhouse, but, you know, I may get all all cocky and decide, man, I'm just going to live stream it just to YouTube. Or, or he be could no just Clubhouse. do
0: one of these pop-up rooms that a mutual friend of ours wants to do more of.
1: Yeah, that could happen, yep. too. So get on the mailing list. It'll happen. Uh, And tweet at the DM series. If you have some sort of idea of some way that you would like to be able to route audio and audio hijack and you can't figure it out. And I'll I'll see what kind of response we get and probably build, you know, one or two sessions. And the handy thing about audio hijack is I can actually export and share those sessions with you. So you'll get it. Uh, So do
0: that. So Demasi, I see a red apple here. What 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 is this? <laughs> so
1: here's why there's a red apple emoji in the show notes, right? For some reason, Google Docs doesn't want me to use Option Shift K to put in the Apple symbol that's on the keyboard. So Wait, I didn't I know that was a in thing. The apple. Yeah, that is a huh. thing. That's how you write. That's how you write Apple TV.
0: Or, oh, I just write Apple Space TV. <laughs>
1: No, man, because the TV box itself has like an Apple logo and then TV. Oh,
0: okay, see, I learned something today.
1: Uh, but apparently, either, uh, well, hold on, I'll tell you if it works somewhere else, because I didn't actually try it anywhere else. <laughs> I could be blaming someone on Google Docs, it ain't their fault, okay okay yeah so for some reason uh google was not letting me put the apple symbol in using the keyboard so i just used the red apple emoji and tv
0: okay, okay. that makes um, sense
1: and i just want to talk about you know apple tv plus as a streaming service like how they're how they're doing the content that they have and some of the other streaming stuff that's going on because i have i have at least for me found that first off apple Premier one is what i think i'm Paying for Apple One Premier, yeah, yeah that's how Apple it goes. One Apple Premier. One Premier is what I'm paying for, so that's thirty dollars a month. Um, to Apple gets me two terabytes of iCloud storage, uh, Apple Music for families.
0: So, um, so actually, it gets your whole, all of this goes to the family. So, not just Demasi yeah. gets two terabytes; the family shares two terabytes. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So. Uh, everything is, is so yeah. Everything that I'm using that I'm gonna mention is being shared amongst my family. So, uh, two terabytes of iCloud storage, uh, Apple Music, Apple News Plus. I uh, haven't been in there in a while. Uh, Arcade, uh, which my kids are having a, a fantastic time in, and I'm loving it because it don't cost me no money for them to get all <laughs> these games they play. Um, Apple TV Plus. There's something Fitness else that Plus. I feel like I'm forgetting. Fitness Plus. Yeah, there you go. Don't use that either. Yeah, me neither. Uh,
0: Maybe I should. This belly here says I should. Uh,
1: but before they introduced the Apple Premier, Apple One Premiere package, I was paying 15 bucks a month for Apple Music for families. Uh, I was paying $10 a month and sharing the iCloud two terabytes with the family. So I'm already at 25 bucks right there. And Apple TV Plus was a thing that we had free for the first year because we bought a new device. Uh, but I, that was coming up on for me to have to start paying yep. for that too, and you know that was a thing I didn't want to cancel. I have not personally been watching a lot of content in there, but the kids do, and so does Tia. So it's going to cost me thirty dollars anyway. Might as well give them thirty bucks and get a little bit of extra stuff. Like, hey, if I really want to read Wired magazine, I can go in News Plus and read. Or it. hey, if uh, my
0: kids want games from Apple Arcade, they can use it, and it's not going to cost me anything extra. Yeah
1: there you go that was the other bonus uh that's been very good to me now i like i said i haven't been personally watching a lot of stuff on apple tv plus but just hearing and and keeping up with the content that they're releasing like they're doing much better than i think a lot of people expected them to do uh, or they're getting there a lot faster than most certainly than i expected them to get there i knew that they would eventually get there but they're getting there pretty fast with, with original content they did not go out and spend you know a few hundred million dollars here and there to buy a whole back catalog of stuff to fill in their their uh their catalog of content they're just they're just creating it like just
0: And they got a lot of criticism for that in the beginning because people were like, well, why do I want to go buy Apple TV Plus for six shows or whatever? But they seem Mm -hmm. to be releasing new content every week now at at this point.
1: Yeah, and I I had a feeling that's why it was so many different ways to get Apple TV Plus free for that first year Uh, is because there were. They knew it was going to take them a while to ramp up to the content that they were going to need. And then, of course, you know, the pandemic hit shutdowns happened. A lot of things got canceled. So they did extend that for people a little bit, too. But I think that is the reason that they did that is because they knew it was going to take a while to build up that content library. Uh, based off their plan, which was to create a lot of original content, which Netflix does. Netflix cre- creates a lot of original content. I think one of the primary differences between the way that Apple is doing it uh, and, well, the difference for Netflix in general, I feel like with their original content, is Netflix will drop 10 shows in a week. And it's the whole season of each show Like you know However many episodes of said show There are going to be They they just drop everything all at once And then you're done And there's not a lot of advertising Muscle put behind a lot of this stuff uh, From what I can tell Most times you hear about a new series or there's a new season of this show that has been going on for a couple of years on Netflix because somebody else is talking about it, not because Netflix is actually out there promoting it. Whereas Apple, man, they everywhere with their stuff. I know about stuff that I don't even care about, but I know about it because they're advertising.
0: And and what I really like that Apple is doing is they are putting ads for new content that's coming up before you start watching something. They don't interrupt the content with it, but it's there. And their ads are audio described. Just throwing that out there.
1: Mm, interesting yeah. that's yep. good
0: that's yep. good especially when it says on the screen coming summer 2022 you wouldn't know that if there was an audio description there so ah
1: yeah that is helpful i did notice that uh at one point when i was watching something i didn't know if that was a, a consistent thing
0: yep. That they well know. and that's also something yeah. is is consistently i have not correct me if i'm wrong you know how to get a hold of me or listen to the end of the show. But I have not heard of any Apple TV original content that is not coming with audio description in multiple languages, it's not just English.
1: Oh, that's really yeah. good.
0: Yeah, yeah, I want to say it's like seven different sure. languages. I could be wrong on that part, but uh, everything's being described. Uh, so, so they're being inclusive of everyone involved in this whole process. And I, honestly, I think Apple did this on purpose. Let me give you a year and a half free of Apple TV. Let you get connected to the characters and the shows that we're going to provide updates to in about two years. So that way you'll keep paying. And Apple also does. Let's not drop everything at once. Let's drop everything uh, officially on Friday, but they come out at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday. Uh, and, And let's let's make that a weekly thing. What I wish Apple would do and I doubt anyone's listening. But what I wish Apple would do is release things throughout the week and not just on Friday. So, uh, you know, pick mm. a season, release that on Tuesday or something. That way you get content on a regular basis. Otherwise, you do what Michael does and jump in on Thursday evening at 6 p.m. and get caught up on all the shows because I watch all my shows. And then it's like 1030. And I'm like, ah, shit, I got go to bed. Mm. So.
1: Yeah, I I think their strategy has been fairly uh, sound. I I do remember when the rumors were first floating around about Apple TV Plus and then even after the original announcement, you know, the speculation from a lot of people was that they were going to, you know, probably go out and buy this content or buy that content or, you know, or maybe pick up one of these smaller channels that that is 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 considering going to streaming or whatever and no they've basically just built their catalog off of content that they own now they've made some deals for existing characters like snoopy uh, apparently snoopy has a couple of shows on apple tv plus we did watch as a family watch snoopy in space uh, but apparently snoopy got a lot of stuff going on over there uh the peanuts in general got a lot of stuff going on with apple uh but I like their strategy. Very similar to what Disney Plus has done as well. Um, I felt like when Disney Plus was announced, I was completely 100 percent wrong about how Disney was going (laughs) to operate that service. I'm not going to even lie, because I assumed that probably for the first couple of years, they're mostly going to ride off the back, the, the enormous back catalog of content that they now own. Uh, not just the Disney stuff, but also the Star Wars and uh, Marvel stuff, right? And if they created anything new, it would be something related to that, like a new Star Wars movie uh, in the cycle or whatever. Or, you know, a new movie with, the you know, a Marvel superhero. You know, we'll get another Spider-Man or whatever. Wait, Spider-Man and Marvel? I don't even know. Uh, but anyway, they they would just, you know... Basically make their first two to three years of of being in existence. They would just basically make it because they were Disney right before they started really putting any serious effort. You started seeing any serious effort to, you know, how do we stay ahead of everybody else? Because they have a huge back catalog and a lot of people grew up with Disney movies. And if you tell them, oh, you can go watch any of the classics that you grew up watching just by paying at the time six ninety nine a month. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all on board for that. I mean, I insta bought, you know, Disney Plus. Like, I didn't even, you know, I didn't care. I just want to pay for it because I know how much of Disney's movies and characters that my kids like. Uh, that it was an easy buy for me, uh, and that's gonna be the case for a lot of parents. So I was like, that's what they're yeah. gonna do,
0: and 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 I Man. paid money.
1: Mandalorian, <laughs> uh, Encanto. Uh, that one I've never heard of. What was, yeah, the dragon. was the one my kids are, yeah, Raya, Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah. Um, jeez, like there's, and those are just three things I know about simply because my kids have watched all three of those things. Like Mandalorian, I heard about everywhere you know, in other other places, I heard about it everywhere. <laughs> but like my kids was actually talking about Mandalorian, I was like, oh. This this must be real serious, then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I hadn't mentioned it to nobody. My kid's
1: like, oh, we got to watch The Mandalorian. I was like, what you know about The Mandalorian?
0: <laughs> uh, that's what oh. school do to them.
1: No, it was Disney. Ah. Uh. They were already in Disney Plus watching gotcha, other stuff. Gotcha. Like uh you know, my my kids grew up uh, you know, they watched uh Phineas and Sir Ferb because I was a show to you watch when she was growing up. Well, I think she was already grown up <laughs> when Phineas and Sir Ferb came out, but you know, she claimed she had nieces and nephews that watched it, but sure uh, but so there was other stuff inside of Disney that they were already watching you know Mickey Mouse stuff all of that and you know just the little subtle ads before a show started No you know Mandalorian it's like oh they, then they go watch that because it's right there uh, excellent strategy as well as stuff like the Thor was it a Thor movie uh, Loki uh-huh. Loki was a movie for sure uh, there was some there's, there's been other stuff that has kind of you know passed by me that was in Disney Plus uh, that they have created since starting the, the, the service And again, very much like Apple, like, you know, the difference in them and Apple is they had a huge back catalog of stuff that was available, you know, day one pretty much. But they have been constantly creating new content and not all of it has been propped up by existing properties like, you know, just another Marvel, you know, hero or Marvel movie or just another, you know, Star Wars related deal uh you know there has been the 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 fresh new content that is not tied to anything uh and then their strategy outside of that has been pretty good so like the uh the encounter book uh ryan the last dragon couple of other other of these these movies you know new content that they've created in disney plus uh now, have you know, Disney Press has spawned some audio books mm. based around those movies, which usually goes the other right. way. Right. There's a book and then it gets turned into a movie they're doing. You know, there's a movie and then we're going to make a little, you know, short story about, you know, that, that gives you the essence of the story uh, in audio book form, which, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm still paying for <laughs> Audible because. <laughs> Kids all in there, man. I want the Encanto book. I'm like,
0: man, I do is, is that not on Libra?
1: It was not when okay. it first came out. I have not checked because I just went and bought it in Audible because I had the credits right. sitting right. there uh, anyway. Uh, so I haven't checked more recently to see if it was there. Probably eventually made its way there, but it was in Audible. First.
0: Unless it was an Audible original, which Audible is doing too. Original from Disney that they purchased a content from, which I don't know.
1: That could have been the case. I, I don't. Th- Think it
0: was though, yeah. uh,
1: but I, I didn't pay all that much attention to it either. I was just like, oh, it's not over here, but it's over there. So use the credit; it's already there. So
0: uh, you can pay for Disney Plus and Apple TV. And that's half of the cost of Netflix. Demasi and I kind of had this conversation the other day, and I'm like, "Yeah, I think our most expensive service is Hulu or something." And I was like, "No, it's not. It's 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 uh, Netflix because I totally Netflix. forgot that we're still paying for Netflix, and they're at what eighteen, nineteen bucks now, maybe twenty bucks a month, and it's ridiculous." So,
1: yeah, if you got the max screens, you know, yep. max number of streaming screens, I think it's like twenty yeah. bucks a month. Now, on the flip side, you can get Disney Plus, Hulu. In ESPN with no ads yeah but you can get Disney Plus Hulu with no ad no ad tier of Hulu and ESPN Plus uh, for that same price because that's what I'm paying for all three of those Um, which is crazy right Uh, and we were talking about HBO Max I think you said you thought HBO Max might have been your most expensive uh, thing and Malo was like no it's not it's Netflix and I was like yeah (laughs) Netflix man Netflix
0: one of these Uh, days we'll give it up one of these days
1: i've been hearing more and more people say that like they have canceled netflix or they're they're or they're thinking about it some people are on the edge of like thinking about it it's like well you have to really realize how much do you actually go watch it how often do you open it
0: i wish netflix would be Um, like this profile spent 10 hours in netflix this month this profile spent 40 minutes in netflix then i could be like yeah yeah okay you guys we're canceling this go find something to watch on apple tv or or something else because yeah yeah Apple TV Plus. HBO Google. Max, because uh, we're going to keep paying for that. HBO cause, Max. Yeah. So, because we don't have ATT. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know. One other thing uh, I wanted to talk about today with you, too, Mike, is not saving money. Well, maybe saving time to make yes. more money. Uh, you have recently uh, put a gig up on Fiverr for someone to do. Uh, I, so, where we left off when you told me about this initially is you had um, had someone, you know, inquire and uh, accept the gig. And you had paid them and sent them the information that you wanted them to manipulate for you. Uh, have they gotten back to you? And just what what is your overall experience in general with using Fiverr? So the
0: process went this way. I went to Fiverr and I typed in data entry because I needed someone to enter data for me into an Excel spreadsheet. I needed them to take content from the Microsoft Word, put it into this pre-formatted Excel spreadsheet, so I can upload that Excel spreadsheet to my calendar and it, my calendar pro WordPress plugin automatically import the events for me. I could do this. I I've done it for about two years now. Well, I guess it would be like a year and a half for this process. And you know, it it's doable. It takes me about 30 minutes or so uh, if, if even that long, uh, but I'll round it up to about 30 minutes and it's a lot of copying and pasting and it's a lot of, tedious slash make sure you get everything written in properly work. So I said, Mm -hmm. hey, can I go pay someone to do this job for me and would it be more money than what I'm making on the gig itself, like on the actual project. And so I punched in data entry. I found a person who says, uh, I'll do this for $5. I'll do data entry for $5. And it's in the description. It says, send me a message before paying for the gig, which I got to respect that. You got to find out if they'll be able to do it before you pay for it. And then them say, I can't do this. Can you let me refund you? So I sent them a message and they were very responsive and I told them what I needed. I gave them a sample of the, uh, well, actually I sent them all the dates and the events in the Microsoft Word document. I sent them a sample CSV file so they could uh, transfer that data and see exactly what I was looking for. They sent me two Events as a sample and said, Is this what you're looking for? And after I realized what I was looking for, I did realize, Yeah, that is exactly what I was looking for. Uh, Mainly because they put them further down in the Excel spreadsheet and I didn't notice that right away. By the way, Damasi, well, I'll get back to that. So I went ahead and said, okay, I will do this. And it turned out that they wanted $10 to be able to get all that in. And I put the math together and I said, well, okay, I can do, I can do $10, even though this would take me a half hour, it's worth me the $10 to get it off of my to-do list and into in progress and, and someone's actually working on it. It's not taking up mental resources because I know that that project needs to get completed, but I don't feel like doing it and I'm too lazy to it sometimes. And, and so, uh, I paid them, uh, and that was the last thing Demasi heard. I paid them at four. They said, I'll get you these. What did I tell you within 12 hours? I think that they said, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I had yeah. it in two and a half hours and uh, it was perfectly formatted. Everything was lined up the way it should have been. There wasn't some blank space there, which was with the sample. Uh, and they even put the number in at the top, which automatically, because I created a formula, and I said, oh, don't worry about this. But they put in the a UUID, so unique uh, identifying number at the top, and it automatically ca- populated the rest of them. So I literally just took that file, sent it up to my calendar, and the project was done. It was probably the best experience that I have next week. I will be having a similar project and I will send this project to the individual, same individual I worked with and say, Hey, can you do this for me again? That way it's done. I don't have to think about it. And I know I'm going to get paid for the project because I've worked with this client again for two years now. And I I know that I can go ahead and pay the Fiverr person and they'll get their job done. I'll get what I need done and then we'll get it all put together and on the website. I loved the experience. It was very relieving. I guess is the best word, because I was able to outsource that to someone who could get it done and and it worked successfully. Now, if you are interested in data entry and you can do a similar experience and this is something you want, uh, feel free to reach out to me because maybe we can work together. Um, since every time I pay this Fiverr person, I have to pay an extra $2.50 in Fiverr fees. So it actually cost me twelve fifty. but still it's worth the money to be able to uh, get it off my plate. Now, one bad thing, negative thing, is I have to use Ira because the rating of the individual for the services they provided is still a shit show. You You can't rate people using a screen reader for services they provided or for the experience you had, and Fiverr really needs to get this looked at. Everything else was fully accessible and usable, not the rating feature, which is disappointing because it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt Fiverr. It hurts the seller who's trying to build the reputation of the platform. And I can't go and give them that positive feedback and share the amazing experience I had with that seller because I can't independently do it. I will. It's just taking me a little bit longer to get it put together because I got to call Ira and make that happen.
1: Yeah. Good deal. Commend You know, I commend you for taking that extra effort to still make sure that gets done because you're right. Like, you know, doesn't damage your reputation at all. Certainly fiber doesn't get hurt by it, but seeing more positive ratings on someone's profile helps them, you know, obtain more work. And as I pointed out to you, like, yeah, you're spending a little money to get something done that you basically don't want to do, uh, but needs to get done but you're not spending more than what you're making to get it done and honestly you're contributing to probably helping to put food on somebody else's table so that for me is always a good feeling you know i'm always looking for ways to offload things that i don't want to do or i'm not the best at or that i am gonna procrastinate on doing because i (laughs) really don't want to do them Uh, but they got to get done Right I can take the It's a part of something Overall that I'm doing I I don't take work And this is not what you did Like you didn't take on A gig to do this Specific thing And you're like Oh well I'm just gonna Outsource it It's like no This is a part of A larger you know, project or a larger, you know, retainer that I'm being paid for, but this is a thing I don't want to have to keep doing. So, you know, I find somebody that is good at doing it. I
0: don't mind paying them to do it. And you brought up a good point because I bet I could have found a way to some sort of automate the process. And I didn't feel like it was going to be worth the energy to automate it because A, something could break and B, there was the opportunity to get the job done within 12 hours, turned out to be about two and a half hours. And it's done, so.
1: Yeah, it's like I have to, uh, I mean, right now, like I'm probably going to go check out Fiverr this weekend because I have, I I have a thing that I have already done, but I know more of this is going to come up for me, which is like, uh, I had to go fix the layout of a WordPress page, Uh, change the theme and and switch the layout of the page and and move some things around uh, to make them more, symmetrical i guess it's not really the word i'm looking for. visually appealing but make them make more logical sense uh so you know not a difficult task necessarily to do but the visual part of it does mean i you know i need to get somebody to put some eye- eyeballs on it and make sure it looks good this is one of those things where you didn't have to be like a, a a expert with css like none of that was really involved it was more or less like hey there's content on this page i would like to append it to This page, because we don't really need to have a separate section for that. Uh, And then I looked at the structure of the site and I'm like, well, honestly, given the way that this currently looks, you don't need a separate page for anything. Let's just make (laughs) these links up here in the menu when you click on the community support uh, link or community sponsor link You know it scrolls you down To show you the information About the community sponsorship That they that they are That this company is doing Instead of loading up yep. A whole new page Yep that makes sense Let's do the same thing With the contact form Let's just scroll you down To the contact information In the footer Right And then there you go Now probably There's going to be more Of this coming in Just as like quick little side gigs If I can pay someone You know 10-15 bucks To knock that out And still charge my hourly rate Overall for uh maintenance that i'm doing it'll make my life a whole lot easier uh and it guarantees it gets done in a more timely fashion because you know what i could have done what i did this afternoon four days ago yep i didn't because i ain't really gonna do it
0: and and there was other things Uh like for me going to learn about salesforce is something i want to do so i'd rather do that than spend my time my mental bandwidth Mm -hmm. focusing on getting the events moved into the website for the the organization
1: Yeah, yeah. And similar for me, right? Like, you know, working on, you know, doing a consultation, like I've been working on the results uh, from a consultation that I did Monday, like that, that takes up time, because I'm having to research some things, hence the reason I'm charging money for consultations, Uh, (laughs) because... It ain't just I sat and talked to you for an hour and thirty minutes and then we're done and you just paid me a you know a lump sum of money. It's like, no, we have that conversation. I analyze what you have told me. I sometimes have to go back to the recording and then I'm spending the next three weeks researching, you know, not completely all the time, but you know, spending over the course of the next three weeks, I am researching, you know, Solutions to the problems that we have identified in your business or researching solutions that are going to fit into, you know, where your budget is or what your requirements are. And then I'm sitting down and writing a uh, the last one I wrote was 17 pages, Uh, but I'm writing a an an assessment overview of our conversation and our findings, an assessment of what you need in your business to either shore up the areas where you're weak or moving to services that are going to serve you better. Uh, technology-wise, and then giving you action steps, you know, things that you need to do next, whether that includes talking to me about it and those things or not. Uh, you know, if you need to move to a new host, you need to move to a new host. Doesn't mean you need to come see me to right. do your hosting. Just You need a new host. These are the things you should consider. These are the technologies, you know. Uh, and as I explained to the group that I was talking to last night, like one of my main goals as a consultant, first and foremost, is not to figure out how to get you to pay me more money. Ideally, yes, I need to figure out a way to, you know, have people hire me as a retainer to to keep doing stuff. But when we sit down and do that initial initial consultation, it's not my job to try to steer you towards, you know, WordPress so that you can pay me to build your back end of your WordPress site or host your WordPress site is for me to determine what is the best solution for your company. If that's Squarespace, that's Squarespace. You know what? Demasi doesn't do Squarespace. So, uh, nothing there for me, but even if it's WordPress, you know, I may not do the WordPress that you need or do WordPress in the way that you need it done, or I may not have time yeah. to do it, but you as the, you know customer have enough information that when you go sit down and have a conversation with a web developer or a designer or anything you're going to know what they should know in order to meet your requirements and if they're not talking the same lingo that you see in the document i gave you then they're probably not the person that you need to be talking
0: exactly. to exactly and and that you you're giving them resources and everything that they need in order to go and and make things happen
1: And make an informed decision. Yeah, that's the whole point. You're going to be able to make an informed decision about this. And, you know, if you go talk to somebody about setting up your WordPress site and you ask about, you know, how do people get emails when they, you know, fill out a form, how how are those going to be sent? And they're like, whoa, you know, we'll just use the server, mm-hmm. the hosting company's email, or we'll just use this plugin and connect your Gmail account. Like I have said in documentation and probably verbally to you, like, that's a bad idea. You don't want to use a company because you want to make sure you're hitting people's inboxes. Yep. Uh, I had this issue recently with somebody that was using this, the, the built in SiteGround email to get their email sent out uh, and they weren't arriving to some people's inboxes. Uh, and I don't know why. Like I, I saw some possible issues and I tried to fix those. Those didn't work. So my solution was, hey, Amazon SES. Because I can guarantee you, the person that's not getting your emails right now, buy stuff on Amazon. I can guarantee that they get emails. Or they get
0: emails from Netflix Netflix, or they get emails from someone who's using SES.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because Netflix is also using (laughs) AWS. So yeah, they're getting email from somebody else that's using this, right? Like Amazon's emails are not hitting spam uh, for very many people.
0: So yeah, uh, sometimes the answer is to outsource work and that comes down to knowing what work needs to get done before you can outsource that, which is something I'm learning. I, I imagine it's something Demossi's is also learning. He, he can't have all that down uh, and, and taking the tasks that we don't want to do or that we're not passionate about, but still needs to get done and outsourcing it or automating it. You can't automate everything.
1: Can't automate everything. That feels and weird for me the, to say. <laughs> yeah, but you know, when you start looking at this situation with uh, my calendar, yep. right? Like to do uh,
0: I did automate what I could. You would have had to. I didn't have to go and put you, those events manually in.
1: Yeah, but you would have had to learn a lot more either about scripting uh, yep. Excel or doing some quarter you know, some kind of scripting, data manipulation and Google Sheets in order to be able to get the output that you wanted where it just would have been a simple, you know, add this file to this folder and then all this stuff starts to happen, right? Like that that would have taken a whole lot more time and it would have taken you to, to do it, uh, and would've cost you more money long term probably. Uh because there would have been other work that you weren't doing or other work that you were not taking while you were learning how to automate this one thing that, you know, for $12.50, you know, yeah. you were able to
0: get it knocked out. And, and and now it's not on my to-do list, and it's I don't have to mentally think about it anymore aside from when I edit the show. <laughs> there you go. To-do list. Yeah, we'll talk about that later.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: because i think we should probably start wrapping today up because we're at like 90 minutes not quite but and i'm not using todoist as much as i should i just use it here and there there's there's my discussion mm, mm, mm.
1: what to do about todoist tune in to dm96 yes. you'll find out
0: yes because uh.
1: But until then, thank you for listening to the show. I want to thank Michael Doys especially for hanging out with us in Clubhouse the entire time, even though I know we're on his iPad sitting on a table across the room. It's
0: cool. If you're really listening, um, raise your hand, and maybe we'll bring you on when we wrap the show up. There you
1: go. Um, but you can f- get links in the show notes at yourownpay.com slash DM95. You can follow us on Twitter. The show is at The DM Series. He's at PayOn, P-A-Y-O-W-N, and I'm at Damasi D-A-M-A-S. You've
0: been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.